Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Trauma Release. I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you felt drawn to this episode. It it's a special one. And I'm so happy that you're here listening to this because I'm going to share something really important. It's an important tool for healing trauma. And the truth is that we all experience trauma in life and that trauma can affect our lives in ways that sometimes we don't even realize. And it certainly affects our bodies. Our bodies have responses to the trauma and even store, right? Some of the energy of that for years to come. And so my guest today, Dr. David Berselli, has an incredible story, which you're going to hear about in a bit. And he's created a method to gently and naturally allow trauma to release from the tissues of our bodies. And After he and I recorded this interview, David and I got together on Zoom and he led me through a session in his methodology called TRE, which is Tension and Trauma Release Exercises. And we did one of the TRE exercises and there's just a small handful of exercises, very simple things that anybody can do. Um, And we just went right into kind of the final exercise when we were together. And it was an incredible experience. I felt my body releasing and reorganizing itself. And it does this through shaking and tremoring. So the body has this natural shake response. And when you think about it, just like animals in nature, if, you know, if a, let's say a zebra was chased down by a lion and it seemed to escape, after it escapes, it's going to shake its body, right? It's going to shake off the trauma of that experience. And we have this same shake mechanism within our bodies where we can shake off the trauma and the stress and all of those things that we experience in this lifetime. And so it was incredible. Like I was surprised at the level I had tried this before um, without much knowledge around it. And, but when I was with David and he was guiding me through it, like my body was just doing its own thing. And it was the most interesting experience. Like, you know, sometimes I think people can feel emotion come up during that. Um, I didn't feel that in my sensation, but I've done a lot of emotional work. Um, I really just felt like my body was working itself out, like almost like my mind or consciousness was separate. And my body was just, it knew what to do right? Given half a chance, it knew exactly how it needed to move and shake to reorganize itself and to literally like unwind. And after the experience, like my body felt so free. It felt like I went through, I don't know, a several hour stretch class, right? And I had like stretched my legs and, and it felt so free around my hips, right? Just no tension around my hips and it was pretty incredible. And so we filmed that session and you can watch it on my YouTube channel, which is super cool and see what I experienced firsthand. And you can search for Shauna Lee, The Soul Frequency 
on YouTube and get right to my channel, or you can get the direct link, which is in the show notes for this podcast episode. Um, and you can see how the tremor release happened. You can also see how he guided me, like the, the tremor moved from my lower body, like to my upper body and how he kind of unlocked my shoulders. So those would start tremoring. There was some really interesting things that he kind of talked me through. Um, and part of the video is him talking me through it. And part is you can see what's going on in my body. So as it unwinds itself. Um, so let's talk about some of the benefits of TRE. Um, less worry and anxiety. It, it benefits people with PTSD, so it can reduce the symptoms of PTSD, which he has worked specifically with people in the military on this. Um, more energy and endurance, improved marital relationships. Again, getting the stress out of our body is going to help every area of our life. Less workplace stress, better sleep, less relationship conflict, reduce muscle and back pain, increased flexibility. I for sure felt that. Like it felt like someone had literally stretched me for days. Um, greater emotional resiliency, decreased symptoms of trauma, healing of old injuries, lessened anxiety around serious illness, and relief from chronic medical conditions. So there are many benefits to this work. And like I said, I loved my session with David and I've continued to practice this at home myself. So if you feel drawn to this work after you listen to this episode, you can find a practitioner in your area at traumaprevention.com or go ahead and pick up one of David's three books. He has the revolutionary trauma release process. Uh, the second book is Trauma Releasing Exercises, and his third book is Shake It Off Naturally. So Dr. David Berselli is an international author, presenter, and trainer in the areas of trauma intervention, stress reduction, and resiliency, also recovery training. He's lived and worked in war-torn countries and natural disaster zones around the world. He specializes in recovery with groups, corporations, CEOs, top-level management teams, as well as large populations, i.e. military personnel, national and international relief agencies, and government and non-government organizations whose staff are living and working in life-changing environments. Dr. Berselli is also the creator of the Re revolutionary set of tension and trauma releasing exercises. He's the co-founder of the Shaka Foundation. He is the author of the three books I mentioned above, which have been translated into 16 languages. And with no further ado, I can't wait to introduce you to him, Dr. David Berselli. Welcome to the show, Dr. Verselli. We're so happy you're here with us. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I'm excited to be here. Yes, and I was sharing with you before we started that I had done TRE exercises, that I know somebody who is certified in this technique, and um, and that I just got done reading your book, which was just a moving experience. The book, I just want to share a little bit about it. The book is actually many different practitioners and doctors and the ways that they are utilizing TRE and and the benefits that they're seeing within their own practices. So it was great to hear your perspective as the creator and also so many other perspectives from people around the world who are sharing this with people. And so before we even get into the book, I want you to just share for those that don't know what TRE is, the basic uh, basis of it, and then maybe even go into how you discovered this work. 
Okay, so real quick and simple, TRE stands for Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises, and it's a series of seven simple exercises that almost anybody can do, and it evokes a mild tremoring or shaking mechanism in the body, and that mild shaking mechanism, in a sense, seeks out in the structure of the body where is tension, and it really actually shakes it to release, whether that's in the fascia or in the muscles. So it's a simple mechanism in the human body designed to actually take away tight muscle structure and bring the body back into a state of relaxation. The way I discovered it was I was living in war in the Middle East and Africa. I lived in several countries and these countries were experiencing war at the time I was living there. And many times I myself or I, I saw other people where we would shake in terror. And I remember many times shaking in that fear and my clinical skills taught me that that shaking um, was not good, that basically I should take medication to stop it, or that I maybe might be having a nervous breakdown or something. But because I was living in war, and I was repeatedly experiencing this, and repeatedly seeing it in other people, I began to realize, well, this is rather common and natural. And I haven't had a nervous breakdown, and I'm still living every day, and I still feel okay. So I did the one thing that I think every human being on this planet should do. They should question what they've been taught and ask the reverse. So I was taught that this was not good or helpful or useful. And when that was shattered by my experiences in war, I just said, well, could this possibly be helping us? And that's sort of what put me on the road to trying to, to search this out more deeply. But the people who were most useful were uh, when I was in a bomb shelter one time, because we were being bombed, and in the bomb shelter, I had two little boys sitting on my lap, one on each lap, one on each leg, and they were facing each other. So my hand was on their backs, and they were about two years old, and they were tremoring in terror because the sound was very uh, deep, and it was really frightening. And they were tremoring in terror, and I could feel the tremor in my hands from their bodies. And I just happened to look around the bomb shelter, and I saw... All the little children, up to about the age of six or seven, they were all tremoring. After about seven years old or so, I saw that from about seven to 16, they were still shaking, but they were trying to stop the shaking. Yeah. And anybody that was like over 16, they weren't shaking at all. And I thought, well, this is interesting because I already knew that little children are more natural in their bodies than adults are. And we kind of grow out of it, much like crying. When you're two years old and you hurt your knee when you fall, you cry freely. When you're nine years old, you don't cry so freely. You hold it in because you've been trained that crying is for little children or shows weakness or vulnerability. And by the time you're an adult, you, you bang your knee and you can even break your leg, but you won't cry. And so we've trained ourselves out of something that was natural and the tremor mechanism was the same thing. So when the bombing was over, I asked the adults, I said, do you ever tremor the way the children do um, when you get frightened? And they said, oh, no, no, we don't tremor because we don't want the children to think we're afraid. And that light bulb just went off in my head. It's like, oh, my God, we would if we didn't have negative connotations it indicates fear, weakness, vulnerability, shame, all those things. 
instead of somebody saying, oh my God, you're tremoring. This is wonderful. You're shaking out your tension. We, we have so made it such a negative quality that we actually froze ourselves from ever doing it. And I believe put our bodies in a state of disrepair because our body uses the tremor mechanism to actually reduce the tension that we picked up during the day. Yes, and and the word tremor even has a negative connotation, right? You would think of somebody who's ill, right? If someone has tremors. Because tremoring has only been researched, from what I could see, around negative qualities of, of neurology. So you tremor like if you're ill, or you tremor if you have a disease, that sort of thing. But interestingly enough, there are about 10 different types of tremors in the body. Tremoring the way I'm talking about, it, we could use the word shivering because it, it operates from the same mechanism. We know that when our body temperature drops to a certain degree, we begin to shiver. Well, the shivering is very important. It's activated by the autonomic nervous system. We don't consciously activate it. And the body will shiver until it warms itself up to the right temperature. Then the shivering stops. Well, that's what this tremor mechanism is too in the human body. If you're under tension and you allow this this tremor mechanism to activate freely, it will activate to burn off adrenaline is what it's doing. So it'll burn off adrenaline, drop the nervous system back down to normal. And as soon as it gets to normal and the adrenaline's gone, the tremor mechanism stops. But we don't have a, we don't have a positive definition or reference of tremoring in the human body, except for illness purposes. Yes. And so if we're not tremoring, like we're basically going against our biological system to help our body calm itself back down. And if we're blocking that, let's say as adults, like what's happening in the body as we, as we block that system? Well, I believe that's how we end up with, um, greater and greater depth of tension and anxiety. And so we already know that stress is the number one killer on the planet. Stress is the number one killer because it creates secondary and tertiary illnesses. So you can check for most illnesses people have. They were, in, they were induced by prolonged stress that was never released from the body. And so then the body doesn't know how to deal with it. So then you get a secondary illness. But the primary reason for the illness was stress. And so we're actually killing the body by not letting it use its own mechanism that it knows how to ensure it doesn't get sick from secondary illnesses by simply tremoring out its tension at the end of every day. It's so true. And then we tell kids too, like, don't move around so much. Don't, you know, don't do all these things. Sit still, right? I mean, we get socialized. It's, It's horrible. Yeah. We we actually deaden the human body of children, certainly in our school system where they have to sit still. We deaden their body so they now become numb and anesthetized. Now they don't know this of course, but they actually lack feeling. There's a great quote that I have here that's really cool. It says, um, um, let me see, muscles that do not move are muscles that are not sensed. There must be a movement in order to stimulate the sense endings within the muscle and in the joints. And and right there is like the perfect statement that says, force children to sit still and you will force them to numb out in their bodies because the sensory receptors aren't sending any stimulation into the brain. So interesting. So what I think, I don't know, I can't remember, I think it was in the foreword of the book, maybe, 
um, but they they were talking about the fetal position and how in stress the body you know if you if you guys picture a body going into the fetal position or how a baby would kind of curl the back curls and the head goes forward is this something that you see as a major issue right now where we are you know rolling our shoulders forward our head kind of goes forward is that the stress response in the body it's the primary problem that we have because most of us, at least in what we call the Western world, we sit at desks most often. We're no longer active at all. We're not out on the farm and moving ourselves. So we sit, and when we sit in a sitting position, we're actually tightening the psoas muscle, which is in the pelvis. And the psoas muscle is called the fight or flight muscle. So that when it contracts, it activates an entire system of fight or flight. So literally sitting is causing us to activate a nervous system that's prepared to do something. It's already the beginning of a fetal response. Then when our shoulders slump forward and the chest cavity collapses inward, we're actually putting ourselves into a stress position all day long. Wow. So even without the psychological stress or the mental stress, we're putting our body in a stress position. Exactly right. And so it signals that. But here's the problem. It signals stress reaction but we don't respond to it, which is another way that we just deaden the system. So we, we literally don't feel the organism in which we are living. Oh, that's fascinating. I, uh, I think it was a Do Eric Robbins, I think Dr. Eric Robbins in the book, when he was sharing, I the read the section of his book, you guys got to get this book, I'll tell you about it in a second. Um, but he was talking about his own personal um, improvements in his life from the TRE exercises, which we'll go into also in a moment. Um, but he was talking about changes in his personality. And he was talking about that he had previously had a fear of conflict and that he kind of lost that fear of confrontation and that he previously didn't feel very, like he wanted to socialize very much and he tended to shy away from social activities. How does TRE affect these kind of very psychological uh, changes? Okay. What we have to do is shift our consciousness again, because we've kind of been trained out of understanding how to live in a body. But I, I call it now the organism, the human organism, because we can't use brain and body. And we can't separate psyche with neurology and physiology. That's an impossibility. We did it to study it. So science did it correctly. But the organism has no idea that we did that. It still functions as one complete whole unit. So anything that happens to your body has an adjustment in neurology and psychology or psychoemotional state. Anything in the psychoemotional state will affect the physiology and the neurology. Those three always interact together. So think of it like this. You're living in a human organism that's designed to pulsate. Okay, just like a jellyfish, we pulsate and we see that easiest in little infants when they're just born. Their whole body moves when they breathe, not just their little chest. The whole body pulsates. Well, we're a pulsating living organism. We're like a big complex amoeba, okay? And what we do, what happens is if we squeeze that amoeba and we stop its pulsation or inhibit its pulsation, it begins to feel uncomfortable. And as soon as it feels uncomfortable, that will affect the psyche. I'm not afraid to be with you. I'm uncomfortable in me. And in that regard, I don't want to be near you. See, because there's something going on inside of me that I'm not comfortable. The minute my organism pulsates, 
I can be around anybody because I'm quite happy inside. And that's our problem. We're not experiencing, I don't think many human beings ever experience the pleasure of being a three-dimensional form. It's a ple- it should be a pleasurable experience. We should be enjoying and playing with it and liking it. We're consciousness in three dimensions and we should be like playing and having a great time with, ah, this is what it feels like. And we hate it. We can't wait to get out of this three dimensional form. We'll do anything to get out of it. It's so true. That's fascinating. And, you know, that's another lens of looking at the holistic, because I talk about this in my work, right? You can't shift energy over here and not shift energy everywhere, right? In your life. It's like people go, oh, I want to work on my business. I'm like, but it's going to change your personal relationship too, right? Because you're the thing that comes to the thing. So really interesting. I love that. And so there are seven exercises, right? Right. And like at first glance, these aren't, you know, everyone can pretty much do these. These aren't something, you're not hanging from the ceiling, right? <laughs> Anything right, like that. Exactly. Um, but what is the, can you give me some of the like reasoning on how this is activating this, this tremor system? Yeah, it's kind of simple. I, when I was living in the Middle East and Africa, and I was teaching this to traumatize populations, they all had limitations in their body from injuries or that sort of thing. And so I had to make them very, very simple. That's one of the worst selling points. People told me, make it complicated, make it expensive, and everyone will want to buy it. And I said, no, no, it's got to be simple and easy for the the mother who has three children and her husband is left and she needs to know how to do this with her kids. It's got to be that simple. So what I did was I just looked at the human body And I thought, okay, we've got to start from the feet and work our way up because I'm trying to get to the psoas muscle. But all traumatized people squeeze their bodies tightly. And much of the squeezing actually happens from the belly downward in the legs, um, belly, pelvis, that sort of area. And so I thought, all right, here, two things they need to do. They need to move them. So it's physically moving the muscle groups from the feet to the lower legs, to the upper legs and into the hips. That's all it is. It's moving them and stretching them a little bit. If you move them and stretch them, it provides a little bit of that stimulation we talked about earlier. And then you lay in what's called the yoga rest position. Some people know it as the butterfly position or the frog position. But when you stay in that position after you've stretched out the legs a little bit and you did the exercises, so you just close the knees one inch, just a tiny little bit. Well, what you're doing is you're not letting them open or close. And so it's putting the muscle spindle fibers in a little bit of a tension there. And if you stay there, all of a sudden the muscle spindle fibers will open and close very, very quickly, which is what generates the sensation of tremoring or shaking. And now you know you've activated the mechanism. So it's really stretching and pulling tissue and then holding it in this um, pose where it's not moving in any direction, but it wants to move in both directions. So then it activates itself. It's an interesting sensation. Like, you know, I think it's not something that people are used to experience, it's, right? Like, I mean, when I was doing it, I was thinking, and the first time I was doing it, I was like, this is weird because we're used to controlling our bodies, right? That is so- perfect. The ego says, don't yeah. do this. Right. I'm in control. Don't right. let your body be in control. And then there's a big fight that goes on with the ego and a lot of people, you know? But yeah, it's it- weird. It's weird. After a while, I always tell people, this is true. 
the body will win that argument. If you right. keep doing it, the body wins. And the reason the body wins is because the ego recognizes, oh, wow, that's pleasurable. I actually relaxed right. a little bit. And once you can prove to the ego that it's pleasure, the ego gives into it. That's exactly the experience. So it's like, I'm just tracking what it was like. My body's like, whoa, what's happening? Because you, you almost have this weird experience where your body is this other thing doing its own thing, right? And you're just like, whoa. And then um, the relaxation after it, like there's just a peace that comes over your whole body. And you just feel like, I don't know, that you just meditated for a very long time or something. And you just feel very centered and your body feels very relaxed. And that... I think that state, like I'm always looking from like the observer and the experiencer, but I think that state of being is not familiar to most of us to feel that level of relaxation, full body. Yes, th that's unfortunately true, but that, that's exactly right. We don't experience the organism's relaxation. Yes. We sometimes think we're relaxed or we breathe our way into relaxation. But this is going to areas that your ego would never have been able to recognize was tense. That's what's wonderful. It actually goes around the ego. Right. See, so if I tell you, okay, think what part of your bodies are tense and, and so you might relax your shoulders or relax your breathing or something. But you don't know there are 13 layers of tissue in there and you can't even feel them. So you don't even know they're chronically tight. Yeah. And, but that tremor mechanism finds those, those layers that the ego isn't aware of. And that relaxes at a deep level. And for the first time, people are saying, I never even knew my body could be this relaxed. Yes. And what happens, like, I was interested, um, again, I forget the person's name or who shared this in the book, but they showed a, a x-ray, I guess, of the spine. And, mm -hmm. and she had like, you know, a, what was it, hernia or something? Or yeah, a, yeah, a herniated disc. Herniated disc in the spine. And she did the exercises for a period of time. What was it? Six? Yes, yeah, six months. Six months. Um, and you can see that the, it really made a difference for her. And so what is the repetition of the exercise doing and how is that affecting? Like, I know it's a lot in the, in the psoas muscles and in that area, but what's happening over time? Well, what will happen is it usually starts in the abductor muscles, which are the muscles on the inside of the leg. So as you close your legs, that's where it will start. But then we'll start traveling in different muscle groups in the legs. Then it goes into what's called the psoas muscle, which goes through the pelvis and connects into the back. So once it connects into the spine, then the tremor mechanism will travel up the spinal column and then they'll go out the shoulders, arms, and into the neck. So now you've got a full release. So it can go from the legs all the way through the trunk of the body, and it connects the whole body. So in those pathways that it's traveling, it'll keep banging up t against tight muscle or fascia that's constricted. And you'll be able to see it, actually, when you visually watch the body. And so you can see it's kind of hitting something there. So if we could just stretch that tissue or those muscles, because that's where uh, a past trauma could be, and that's trauma with a big T and a small T, falling off a ladder as an example, and hurting your back could be a small trauma, nothing major, okay? But what it does, as it relaxes all the tissue, it then allows the vertebrae in the spine to relocate itself into its proper position because much of the vertebrae, particularly herniated discs, are muscles squeezing 
the vertebrae too tightly, see? And so you start letting go of that muscles. And as long as there's no permanent damage, the vertebrae can move themselves back into proper alignment. And is that the wisdom of the body? Like through the tremor, it knows how to just reposition itself? It's a little bit of a misnomer to say wisdom of the body because it's kind of like it's 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 pure anatomy. It it knows what it's designed to. It's not that it knows. It just is simply designed to be that way. So we're living in a, an organism that's always designed to move in the direction of health. So if the muscles were tight and the vertebrae were compressed and we loosen the muscles, well, then the vertebrae are by their nature going to elongate again because the organism does that. It moves itself always back into proper alignment, which is proper health for the organism. So it's when it's not like, being When it's not being pulled out by the muscle being too tight. Right, exactly. It, by its nature, it's sort of like an amoeba. If you poke an amoeba, it'll squeeze up and, and squirm around. But once you stop poking it, by its nature, it's, it opens back up again. It's interesting. And you have all kinds of different practitioners from medical doctors to yoga instructors to people. So what is the feedback from your practitioner pool as far as are people using these uh, exercises in all types of different practices and seeing all types of different benefits? Yeah, it's it, it, the best I could say is that um, all we're doing is getting the nervous system to quiet down and getting the structure to relax itself. Well, then you see all these secondary benefits where people say, oh, got rid of this. It, it loosened my back. You know, the herniated disc went away. Um, my digestion has improved. My headaches are gone. I sleep better at night. And they keep claiming TRE did it, but it's not exactly that. All we did was took away the tension, which was creating those secondary problems. Yeah, makes sense. It's kind of amazing when you realize all that's created. You know, you think about all the mysterious illnesses and little aches and pains and things like that that people have. Yeah, it's astonishing to me. People keep claiming that TRE has healed this and healed that. And all I see is it didn't do anything but reduce the stress level and give your organism a chance to go back to its natural pulsation. And then that process itself healed whatever was it could self-heal basically and that's what's amazing about it is i can't make a claim for any of those things all i can say is this is going to relax your structure and in that if your body can improve its health in whatever illness that you're presenting or injury it will do it as long as there's not permanent damage i've seen it change lives in many many ways and change the human organism it moves it back into the direction of health as much as that's possible. Interesting. And when you say pulsation, what are you exactly referring to? I know that's hard for people to get, but if you think of the chest cavity and the belly when you breathe, if you think of that as pulsation, well, that's where we see it most easily in the human organism. But that pulsation is actually going on in every tissue in the human body. We're pulsating. Like if you feel your blood pressure or you feel the blood flowing, sometimes if you lay down and you just happen to get very, very still, you can actually feel a delicate pulsation going on. And you know it's not your blood. It's not the, it's not the blood. There's something else that's pulsating there. And it's literally our organism that we're living in. 
Yeah. I always, I, I see that in life, like life pulsates, right? Exactly when we look at right. nature, when we look at just the very aspect, I love connecting the dots between the pulsation and the motion and the movement of life, right? Is really right. being alive. Exactly. And I think animals or pets for us are the best example of this. When we're pulsating comfortably, they're already pulsating comfortably and they feel really safe. Like they'll come towards you because they love feeling your pulsation with theirs. When you're tense, that's when there's, there's a problem there. That's why uh, pets are so good at helping us in terms of rehabilitation and that sort of thing. They continue to pulsate naturally and they can feel when we're not, see? And so pulsation is, is the planet, quite frankly, even planet Earth itself pulsates. We know that through the Schumann resonance. So there's a vibrational frequency. And yeah. we are a vibrational frequency and our frequency should be in alignment with our mother earth. And yes. I believe that these restrictions in the human organism literally separate us from the frequency where we feel we are part of home. And the only thing that can result from that is fear, anxiety, loneliness, I do. It's not that I'm lonely because I'm not attached to a partner. I'm lonely because I'm not attached to me. And I can't, I can't be attached to me without being attached to the earth. I think the earth is the place where we feel our safety from. That, that oh, I belong to it. It's like, oh, I belong to the planet. I'm on it. And when we feel that, we have this deep inner peace. And then we're connected to everything, quite frankly. It's so true. I always say in the presence of love and safety, we can heal because I've noticed in my practice in so many ways, like without that sense of connection and safety, which is a foundation that we can stand upon. Right. Like it's very hard to allow, you know what I mean? Any level of healing to occur. Yeah. There's a great, uh, let me find this quote real quick if I can for you. There's a great quote by um, Stephen Porges and, um, he, this is really interesting. Stephen Porter says, trauma compromises our ability to engage with others by replacing patterns of connection with patterns of protection. Mm. So that when I feel frightened, I, I relinquish my connection because I'm using protection. Yeah. So that separates me. And he insists that you don't have to all you have to do to help somebody heal is to reinduce, reintroduce safety and they will heal. Because as soon as safety is um, available, they'll give up the pattern of protection and by their very nature will go back into reconnection. Exactly. So beautifully said. What a beautiful quote. Thank you for sharing that. That is, I mean, I intuit certain things and I... I don't really look into much beyond them because they're just very real and true for me and I see them in practice. Um, but I love when when it's either, when someone presents the science to me or they present the another perspective through that same lens of healing, right. I'm like, wow, yes, I get that. See, I think every human being, when they do their own work, they get all of these little bits of wisdom. We may not say them the same way, but we're sensing that we know this. I don't think there's one, I'm certain there's not one human being on the planet who doesn't know how to do exactly that. 
protect yourself when you're in danger, and when safety is restored, you go back into connection again. Just that we have lived in our cultures so chronically in protection that we are even frightened to let go of it even when safety is introduced. Yes. We're doubtful and unsure about it, etc. And quite frankly, we'll never, never achieve inner peace. I'm convinced we'll never achieve inner peace until we let go of the tension patterns in our body that really inhibit us from feeling the inner peace that's always been there. It's not like it goes away. We don't feel it anymore, but it's still inside. So if you take away the layers of the protection, oh, underneath, oh, there's that inner peace. I've been looking all over the world for it. It's been in me all the time. So true. So beautifully said. I love that. So tell us where, for people that are interested on a practitioner standpoint or just to, to try this themselves, where can they find out about the exercises or train? Okay. So right away, I put the exercises free online. I want people to have access to them. In one sense, I can't own this. That's an impossibility because it's a genetically encoded mechanism inside of you, and I have no right to actually own it. So it's free on, go to traumaprevention.com, and there's a place somewhere on there to click on the link, do the exercises. And so we guide you through the exercises on how to do it safely for yourself, etc. The other place to go, and this is both um, pleasurable and a little scary, is to go to my YouTube site, David Berselli, because I have about 200 videos up there of people tremoring. Some of them are bizarre and wild and weird, but every one of them natural to that human person who's doing it. But then they all talk about what their experience is like. So you can actually see a multiple variety of different ways that the human organism moves. Okay, that's the best thing. And if you're looking for, I published three books and just buy one of them because all three just say the same thing, just in different stages of my life. Um, but you can go to... Um, just go to Amazon and type in David Berselli. You can also find them from my website, traumaprevention.com. Books and DVDs are there as well. So great. So I was going to ask you that. You brought up a point. I think you kind of answered it. But is everybody's tr uh, tremor different? Well, think of this. First of all, the tremor mechanism is the same in every human being. And we all have, in general, the same uh, anatomy in terms of the muscle structures and that sort of thing. But the way we hold them and the types of traumas we went through are all uniquely ours. So you could have 16 reasons that you're holding tension in your pelvis or your hips, as an example. You fell on a ski accident, you broke your hip, you had surgery, you gave birth to a child and it was difficult, all those things. So all of those are part of the story in the tissue of your, your hips. See, and so as your hips start to shake, well, those little stories are all going to come out, okay? But you may have to get rid of story number one first and then story number six. So it's going to cause the way you're shifting in your body to be different from the very person laying next to you and the history in their hips, see, and how their hips are going to unfold. So in general, anatomically, it's very similar, but the way it it releases itself is the unique story of you. Interesting. Very, very cool. So 
definitely, you guys, check out these resources. I, um, I'm committing to doing this for the next six months. I want to explore this myself. So if you guys want to come along on the journey with me, I'm going to be sharing about my experiences and how this expands for me and what, you know, whether my ego voice disappears at some point. Um, I can say that it definitely does from the two times now I've done it. Um, it definitely does cause a state of relaxation and a different and different like a, the sensation of like full body relaxation. Um, so I love you know you guys know I love to experiment and I love to learn more about myself. So I'm going to be doing this. Let's do it together. So grab your exercises and we'll be we'll we'll let you know how we do here as a tribe over here. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you some messages. Well, <laughs> if you want, I'm very I'm very willing to take you through the exercises once over over the internet. Um, because then I can watch your body and I can tell you what I see and give you indicators on how to adjust your body to try to help the tremor mechanism move more fully through your structure. I would love that. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, let's do this. And then yeah. we'll put that we'll put that up. And we'll... Oh yeah, for sure. It'll, it's we'll... great. It makes great visuals for people. Because what they'll see, they'll look at you and say, oh my God, I'll never do that. And then they'll say but look at her. She's having a great time and she's liking this. Right. It teases the ego to be confused, to say, I don't want to do this, but it looks so good. I got to try it. Yes. I love it. Okay. It's a, it's a date. We're doing it. Um, I love it. So before we close out though, we want to ask you our four questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, the first question is based on truth. When we come across something that feels like truth that resonates with who we are and it's different than maybe something we've perceived before or interacted with before, it's kind of a catalyst. It can cause a big shift. And so what is a big truth either personally or professionally that you've come across that really shifted things for you? Well, um, can I read you a quote? Yes. Because the truth comes from this. I don't know. Are you familiar with Rupert Sheldrake? No. Okay. You're too young to be familiar with him. But anyways, (laughs) Rupert Sheldrake, and you want to look him up. He's a really interesting guy. This is what he said. Consciousness manifesting as matter is the human experience. Our game, task, and joy should be in the movement and the interplay between these two experiences rather than preferring one to the other. It is the interplay that is important. Mm. And with that quote, I really grasped, we are consciousness in matter. I've always known that. Many of us do. Certainly people who listen to your channel do. But the point is, is that we keep trying to escape matter by going into consciousness. I will meditate, I will go out, I'll do something else. And very few people are getting it that the way to deep meditation is through the tissue of the organism. The organism must come along in that journey because that's why we came to the planet, was to experience this joy and this play and this interplay between, wow, I'm energy and I'm matter. How does that work? And that shifted my whole consciousness that no longer ever can I think that I need to meditate to go out of me to find pleasure or peace. It is inside the organism, and that's usually the last place we want to look to find inner peace. That is amazing. And that's usually the last place people feel safe. Exactly right. right. That's why they won't look there. 
Yeah. Because when we look inside, we feel trauma, we feel terror, we feel pain and suffering. And so what's the best thing to do? Meditate to get out of that, but it's not going to work. That's why it's not working on the planet in some ways. We still have so much violence inside of ourselves. And all all it's doing, that violence is manifesting itself externally. That if we want to bring peace to the world, just my my mentor used to tell me, sit down and shut up. Yeah, That's it. You bring peace to the world by going in yourself, healing the pain that's in me. And then my actions will be different externally. Yeah, without preconceived ways of being, right? Just naturally. Like you are then the energy of that. You exactly right. You enter a room, you are peace, right? And, right, exactly. And you can feel the dissonance when you are not that. And that's what I love about going into my body. I feel in a more refined way when I'm starting to move away from my organism. And then I feel the dissonance of that vibration moving away and I think I got to go back into the body I have to go back there and that's the pulsation I talk about or the move between feeling energy and feeling matter they they are in dialogue and the more we do it the more refined we become with that dialogue and so when you kind of really profoundly felt this truth about going into the body versus trying to actually exit the body to find peace like what was it that was released? So what was a either a way of being in your life or a, a preconceived notion that you released? The thing that I released was that I have to seek something or do something to find peacefulness. And I realized the app, the exact opposite was true. I am peace. Uh, my, my nature itself is peace. And if I went inside myself, then I could feel that. So that searching thing externally was released because we all know we drive ourselves, do this course, that course, meet this person, that person, et cetera, all looking to achieve inner peace. And all of that searching just stopped. And I think I just sat and I cried and I must have breathed for like three days realizing, oh my God, everything i done to search for this inner peace and it was right inside of me yeah amazing and how did that change the experience of your life like that moment after the cry and the deep realization the release like what changed what really changed was the way now that i i move through life and even the things that i do when i got that i thought just sit and you be still just don't do anything at all be still And I discovered that from my stillness, some kind of movement comes. It's like an impulse. And I say, oh, make this video or write this book or talk to this person. But it's an impulse that came from stillness. So my movement comes from my stillness, different than my movement coming from chaos and anxiety and doing things. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that. And what is it that keeps you in that alignment? Like, what is it that returns you? You know, life happens, right? Right. What is it that brings you back? Yeah. Well, now the thing that really brings me back, although I do tremor every day because I think that's the nature of our human organism. So I do it all the time. But I can feel each time I do this and with each day that I'm, I'm, um, attentive to this organism pulsating, I actually feel it in more and more and more refined ways. And so now uh, 
my whole way of movement into life changes. And when I'm in life and I can feel that I contract and there's stressors or tensions, even if I'm giving a lecture or demonstrating publicly or something like that, there's some tension around that that I pick up. And so when I come home, I know enough what that is and I'm able to get rid of that again. So now I, my engagement with life is if I go out into life, I bring a greater depth of comfort within myself, but I can feel that life causes me to contract. And I think that's, a, that's the nature of being in a three-dimensional form. That's what we should be experiencing. We will contract and we can expand again. And we'll contract and we'll expand again. And somehow that's, that's growthful for us as an energy being in matter. There's something very, very important. I think the very reason we came to be energy in matter, we are only learning it when we encounter matter that causes contraction, and then we let ourselves expand again. And then we encounter another experience that causes contraction. That's exactly what we're learning. Yes. So we can't avoid the learning experience. No, and and to really know the expansion, you have to con- know the contraction, right? Exactly like- right. Then that's what I call pulsation, and yeah. that's what I mean. We, like I said, we're on a planet that's pulsating constantly. It's literally breathing. It expands and contracts all the time. And when we do that ourselves, we feel our resonance with planet Earth, and then we feel safe and comfortable. Oh, it's so brilliant. Thank you so much for what you shared. I mean, this just has expanded my eyes, like both by reading the book and then doing the exercise. I'm really excited to explore this over the next six months. And I'm definitely excited to have you guide me through that and for us to share that with people, right? And they can turn it on and kind of go through it themselves and readjust and and see my, my particular tremor and, uh, and all that good stuff. So Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for who you are and the work that you do. I mean, you're just, you're joy, right? You're, you, your face is just light and joy and you exude this, um, this peace and this connectivity and, and love for humanity. So thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was just kind of fun talking with you. I felt like we were just kind of pulsating together, which is a great joy. I'm excited about doing a session with you. This will be amazing. We'll have a great time. And also, thank you for what you do. I mean, I looked at your website. I listened to your, the things you do. You're just, just again, you're bringing, you're bringing your way of pulsation onto the planet. And I, that's what I look for. Oh, how's this person going to pulsate? How exciting. And she's contributing her piece. This is how she pulsates. And we keep putting all these little pulsating organisms together. Everyone, every person on this planet has unique contribution to the pulsation of one human organism. We are one organism in simply different expressions. And we need every organism to pulsate before we can feel our oneness wholly. Brilliant. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. Mm-hmm.